And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. At Still Smooth Productions. <laughs> oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and Chipotle. At St. Bales. I'm not Everybody, this is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. Red light is on. Red light means stop thinking and get a little senseless with us. Meet us, meet us there and at the rim anytime you want. It is 2 12 2021. That is February 12th of the relatively new year 2021. Yes, it is. Well done. It is episode 146, and we are moving moving right along. Uh, I'm at Walt Disney, happiest host on earth. You yeah. took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Happy as happy as a, a as a as a puppy. Puppies are happy. On a, on a snow day. On a snow day. I like that. Or All a right. kid on a snow day. Kid on a snow day. What is Jack Frost on a snow day? Yeah. There was a movie called Snow Day. Wasn't there? I think Dennis Quaid ah. was in that. Or is that Jack I Frost? Like, I don't know the movie you're talking about, but who's the actor in Malcolm in the Middle? Malcolm? Oh. I feel like gonna, he would be gonna in that kill movie. me now. Oh no, we gotta get it. We gotta get this kid's name. Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Yeah, Attaboy. I feel like that would be. He would be in a movie. He would. He's the type of actor who would be in a movie about a snow day. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> there was one. I think it's Dennis Quaid turns into a snowman, and it's like Jack Frost or something. Oh, like that. it's called. It's called Jack Frost. He used yeah. to play guitar. No, harmonica. Harmonica. Yes, dude. Yes. That's actually a very good movie. Yeah, Loki, and then there's like another it. one called Snow Day. There's two. Oh. There's, there's two, but I always get them confused. Anyway. Okay. Movies. <laughs> there we Love go. it. There we go. You know Frankie Muniz like can't remember filming Malcolm in the Middle? If like psychologically he like, psychologically he blocked it all out because no, it's he, like horrifying for I him, guess he had there's like this he has this condition, health condition, where you have a lot of mini strokes. Mm. So he's fine now. He's fine now, but he had a bunch of like mini strokes and now can't remember like that entire era of his life. That's Are you crazy. serious? Yeah. Wait, okay. So is it is this something that's continuing to happen into adulthood or is no, that like, like he, something he got he, fixed? He's good now. He got it fixed. Holy cow. Yeah. But he he was like they were dealing with it and like trying struggling with that. And so he like can't remember it at all. It's wild. Wow, dude. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I would guess there's a lot of people out there who would love to not remember their awkward stage of life. Yeah. That like puberty oh, yeah. where it's just like, I know for me, I, I look like fucking Jack Frost out there. <laughs> Basically three circles. It was rough, <laughs> it's a rough time. I, I was, I was that, uh, I was the white kid who wore a lot of baggy Mm. Just baggy stuff. Yeah. And it just looked ill-fitting and uh, not flattering. You know? Mistakes yeah, were made, jump. and that's fine. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of top dog tees. Yeah. Well, you've moved on, and, and you've gone from baggy clothes guy to at still smooth guy, Mr. PTO. How are you? I have a sexy voice. Champagne. Mountain range. 
hugs. Thank you for that introduction, Hat Walsh Disney. Thank you, sir. Thank you for allowing me back on this podcast after this two-week hiatus. I am indebted to you. I do one thing on this podcast, and it is to bring you on this date, which is a two-part on this date. This is one of my favorite on this dates we've had in quite some time. February 12th is quite a momentous date for two reasons. First, happy birthday to five-time MVP and Celtic great Bill Russell. Happy birthday. February 12th, 1934, he was born in West Monroe, Louisiana. What a great – so he's, what, 80, 87, 87 years old? Um, it's pre-World also, War II. Yeah, pre, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and then also, so it's not only his birthday, but on his birthday in 1958, um, so he was, what, 24. 30 – No, tw- oh, yeah, 24 years of age. He grabbed 41, 41 rebounds against the Syracuse Nationals in a 119 to 101 win. So that again, the Boston Celtics over the Syracuse Nationals, 119 to 101. Bill Russell pulls down 41 rebounds. I took a look at this because I, I never heard of the Syracuse Nationals before. They were actually the prior. Um, that was a prior labeling to the Philadelphia 76ers. So that was the pre-76ers team. In 1963, they actually flipped to the uh, 76ers uh, name. So not only happy birthday to one Bill Russell, but also congratulations on your 41-point absolute monster padding of the stats rebounding night against the Nationals. Can't even, I can't even like fathom 41 rebounds. Who else is out there, man? <laughs> they, they, yeah, no one. They had to have shot pretty poorly. Bill yeah. Russell, eleven rings, man. Yeah. I, so I was, I was, uh, I brought this up to someone else, and I was just um, amazed at the number of rebounds he was able to pull out. But the person I was sharing with had the exact same reaction you did. Like, how bad was the shooting that night? You yeah. Know, to have forty-one, more than forty-one available shots to pull down. Syracuse <laughs> you know? clankers. <laughs> yeah, Syracuse Nationals, my ass. <laughs> yeah, getting the Washington Generals out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh Damn. man! All right, well, that is a great comeback on this date. Let's hit random thoughts, though. Don't worry, I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do. Flip out, man. No, I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. I'm in a brainstorm session. I think I just, yeah, I just had an idea. Isn't that weird? Random thoughts. Smooth, I will let you go, because I don't have any. And I don't even know if you can call this one a random thought, but uh, COVID, right? We've all been stuck in here a little bit, and I've been going on daily walks now. Um, You know, exploring, seeing the new neighborhood. Um, I've come to appreciate, we're, we're getting up there on our 30s, the BNP uh, hosts are getting up there in age, almost 30 now. We, yeah. we appreciate different things. One of my favorite attributes to a house now is one of those, I don't know what it's called, but it's called... It's, I don't know what it's called. It's those rain chains that come out of the gutter, you know? It's a chain that just comes out of the gutter, so the water runs down the chain and just goes straight to the dirt. You know what I'm talking oh, about? You don't like you don't like the gutter dike downspout. Yes, like I like chain. it. It's just a chain. It looks pretty nice. It's wow. a little different. That is that that screams castle vibe. Very very med- medieval. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't hate that. I think that could definitely look pretty cool. Yeah. You'd have to have the house for it. Yeah. Plus, you'd also have to just have a house. But <laughs> <laughs> true, that's step number one. But uh, that's uh, that's just a, a small house feature that I appreciate. I like that a lot because I, you know, I for for work I drive around the city a lot and I mm-hmm. see different things. So I'm in kind of the same area where it's like I've decided I like this about houses or I like this about houses. And I just had a thought the other day is in the entry. So you know how you have the the entryway of the, like coming into the door is covered. 
Yeah. So you've got house on one side, and then it's entry, but then there's nothing on the other side. There's usually like like that goes into the yard or the garden. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Front, yeah. like under the front window garden. I like it when it's house. So if you're looking at it, on the right is house, and kind of that's where the garage is. Blah blah blah. Then the entry to the door, the little path to the door, is covered, and then it's just the one pillar. The one kind of pillar, and I almost like it when it doesn't match the house. Yeah. It's just like bare wood or it's brick. That like it's one something pillar. else. I kind of like that. It's kind of yeah. a little one like very tight area that's almost a throw off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. We're be, we're we're having a we have a mature a mature. Mature eyes yeah. for houses now. This is the most adult random thoughts we've ever had. Barry, I don't like it. We, we should get to the news. Yeah. We should get to trivia. <laughs> because I've also said puppies before and been yelled at about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's just do it. <laughs> trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy! Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Trivia from last week. The question went like this. It was simple. True or false? There has never been a Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. One more time. True or false? There has never been a Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. Now, for this to actually be a question, you would assume it's false. Because if it was true, this wouldn't be a freaking question. So, (laughs) the, the answer is false. There has been... A Super Bowl MVP from a losing team. Who was that man? It was Chuck Howley. That is one of the widest names I've ever heard. Chuck Howley. I like it. Uh, He has the honor of being known as the only man to win Super Bowl MVP on a losing team when his Dallas Cowboys lost to the Baltimore Colts. He also became the first defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP. This, I got it. I'm going to do a quick Google search because this guy is a boss. <laughs> I mean, we, so we ask trivia questions, and the point is usually kind of be like, we want to we want to learn you something, you know, we want to teach you. But yeah. this is one. File away, Chuck Howley, for yeah. your bar trivia, so you can go. And this is kind of our goal is. When we give you these questions, we want you to file them away. So when you're doing your bar trivia and you have the opportunity to earn yourself some yep. free drinks, you go ahead yep. and do that. Chuck yep. Howley, for the the only one to win on a losing team, MB, Super Bowl MVP on a losing team, and the first defensive player to do that. He just looks like a stud. Yeah. That's a little flat top action. Away. Yeah, no, I like that. Did you say the flat um, top action? The flat top. You use, yeah. Are you looking at a picture of him? I'm not, but I have seen a picture of him. Oh. And I know he does have flat top. A he looks like a tank, top. dude. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a tank. <laughs> uh, so Chuck Howley, good on you. Um, also good on this trivia question for this week in which Walsh Disney has such grace graciously blessed us with. This week, our trivia question reads like this. What NFL quarterback was drafted as a pitcher in the 2000 MLB draft? One more time. What NFL quarterback was drafted as a pitcher in the 2000 MLB draft? That answer and more can be found on next week's episode of the Bold Nonsense Podcast 147 coming at you in about seven days. But for now, you will have to wait and listen to the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last time? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Let's hit the news, and we have a good amount of stuff that has happened. Um, Really, the past couple weeks has been interesting. We keep having things happen right after we record our episodes. So then, it's like, it's not, it's not what you'd call breaking, but we do want to talk about it. 
But this first one in the NFL is actually fairly recent. Both Pouncy twins. Uh, so they, the Steelers and the Chargers respectively have lost an interior offensive lineman as the Pouncy twins have retired together. Kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, I mean, obviously they went to the same college, the U. Uh, they were drafted together. Not literally together, like by the same team. Package but, deal. You know, same, <laughs> the year. Um, and they retire together. Come in, get out together. So that's is there cool. is there a better pouncy twin or was there a better pouncy twin? I know I know of them. I'm not too keyed in on. Yeah, I would I would say that it's pretty close. Um, like Mike Mike Pouncy moved he was on the dolphins and then he went to to the chargers later in his career and marquise was always with the steelers so he marquise that's the other one yeah yeah so he probably ended up having the better career marquise i'd say like i would take marquise over mike but it's it's pretty close okay okay so uh goodbye to them the let's get into let's get into some stuff the hall of fame class was announced uh, before the Super Bowl, and like like we say, this is one of those that happened, you know, pretty pretty soon after we usually put out the episode. So, Hall of Fame class, here we go. You might recognize this man, Peyton Manning. His conversation took, they said, 13 seconds. Uh, <laughs> then there's Charles Woodson, the Raider great. My first NFL jersey. Oh, beautiful. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, uh, actually the captain and I got into a huge discussion over Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne, the Colts' great receiver. Um, And captain was on Calvin Johnson's side just because of his dominance. And I kind of leaned Reggie Wayne's way for because he was on such a great team and the fact that he kind of... Is this just for better receiver or what was the argument? Or I guess Fra- it was Freeman. really just like it was really Hall of Fame nod, like Hall of oh. Fame lean. He leaned Calvin Johnson because of the dominance. I leaned Reggie Wayne because he had more winning, and so they obviously went Calvin Johnson the dominance. But you know whatever. I mean, both of them obviously great. When you're to this point, and this is kind of where we ended up on. We agreed to disagree. Uh, and it was kind of like uh, when you get to this point, and it's for the Hall of Fame. It's the tiniest things. Yeah, and so we kind of just differed on that little tiniest thing, and there you go. Calvin Johnson gets in first ballot Hall of Famer. I I like that, and I I wish I was a fly on the wall for yours in the captain's conversation because I've been around plenty of Walsh interactions when you guys dig your heels in for yeah. sports con- conversations, and it's fun. Um, and I can see both of where you guys are coming from. I totally understand what you're saying with the Reggie Wayne and like, dude, he. That was an iconic receiver. It's just Calvin Johnson was such a – he's such a different body, such a different breed, blessed beyond belief with physical attributes and tools. He, he obviously worked hard as well, but blessed with attributes and tools that not a lot of other people are able to – or that other people have. You know, He was yeah. just a huge re- – he was the DK Metcalf before DK yeah, Metcalf. That's what you know? I- like you, I think you said it perfectly and gave the reason that he's in. Nobody else looked like him. Like he looked no. different. <laughs> yeah. He just like you look at him and he just you're like, what? <laughs> I have to keep up with that and be able to out jump that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and know? that's that's what I think was kind of his nod. It just doesn't even look the same with Calvin Johnson. Um, longtime listeners of this show, we're being we're being rewarded, and you know. My fight and my feelings on John Lynch. He's finally in. Finally in. One of the great safeties. Uh, kind of changed the safety game. Uh, and, and what's kind of the predecessor to like the Ed Reed type. Super Bowl champ. Then he went to the Broncos. He made them amazing. Then he goes and has a great career as a Fox football analyst. And now he's in his third career, his third, you could call exceptional, 
Maybe they're not all the <laughs> Hall of Fame careers, but his third exceptional career as a 49ers GM. And it's just like, what are we doing with this guy not being in? They finally write that wrong. I like that. I like that a lot. I like this. Alan Fanica, a longtime Steelers interior offensive lineman. He finally gets in. Then Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Tom Flores round out the group. A pretty decent class. Pretty decent class. A fun one, at least. Yes. Okay. So there's the Hall of Fame class. Congratulations to all of them. Golf clap. Um, Now let's do some NFL awards. This year's awards got, they've been announced. You might even know them, or at least could have guessed them, but we do have some thoughts, so we need to go through them as well. MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Not a huge shock there. I think we all kind of saw that coming. So, And I was trying to figure out, when did this, I agree, when did this narrative shift towards Aaron Rodgers, or when in your mind, Outwatch Disney, did Aaron Rodgers solidify, <clears throat> excuse me, his place as MVP this season? Was it last week? Was it week 14? Was it week 7? You know, where or was it a, you know, what game did he come out and really prove to you that he was the um, MVP of the year? This might be a little interesting. Or was there a moment? You know? So that's why I think it might be controversial to some because I honestly, I don't think he had like this MVP moment. I think he was the the hare. He was yeah, no, he was the turtle. Everyone else was the hare. Where they had these huge jumps, like Russell Wilson, he came out on fire, but then he falls back. Patrick Mahomes, he had this kind of middle of the season jump, and then he fell back. Josh Allen, same thing. And Aaron Rodgers kind of went steady as she goes and had a great year, consistently great year. And I so I don't think there was ever a spike. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But certainly deserving. Certainly deserving. Um, Offensive player of the year, Derek Henry, as one of the, he became one of the new, like, 2,000-yard rushers. So, uh, obviously, there you go. (laughs) Um, Big fantasy bell cow. Yeah. Derek, the offensive player of the year is the non-quarterback MVP. Let's just say. And so, is MVP, is is that a quarterback um uh award or who else is it acceptable to give to in your opinion honestly at this point it's like i don't see them ever giving it to somebody who's not a quarterback anymore because i mean valuable because they touch every single snap on that side of the ball you know? Yeah, even if they're yeah, i don't know for me if like jj watt didn't win the mvp when he was in his full-on prime and like Six touchdowns a year, even for those at the end, and it's like this guy was having more. He had more touchdowns in a, in a year than, and we'll talk about JJ Watt, but he had more touchdowns than some offensive players, plus all his sacks, all that production. He didn't get it, and it was just like, okay, let's make this a quarterback award yeah. because that's all that's gonna going to be happening at this point. Um, so let's move on to the defensive player of the year, Aaron. Donald, and this is really the only one that I was like, "That is wrong." Um, he didn't even lead. He didn't even lead the league in pressure percentage. Almost all the pressure statistics are led are held by T.J. Watt this year, and because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald, they just give him the award based on name. So this is not this is not an argumentative take. This is a. Walsh Disney film me intake. What is? How do you define a pressure, right? Because like a, a guy who's never formally played football or whatnot, me just rebuttaling this to you would say, hey, Aaron Donald's probably got more double teams on his or coming his way that would affect his numbers, right? So what? Is, what is a pressure? So you know? a, a pressure is is anything that affects the quarterback. Really, it's it's a hurry, it's a sack. Uh, it would be, I guess, a tackle for for loss at this point, since so many quarterbacks are are elusive, are running quarter quote unquote running quarterbacks. So all so, of those things. So can a double team hurt your pressure percentage? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that negates uh, T.J. Watt's year. T.J. Watt had the better year. 
And, okay. And, okay. And, and this is his third one in four years. But so I'm not saying it's like a scrub. He, I'm just saying he didn't deserve it this year. TJ Watt Got had it. a better year. I think the collapse of the Steelers or the narrative, or the season end for the Steelers, that narrative, that is the only reason TJ Watt did not win it. And the narratives at the end of the year where it became like, oh, the Rams are some amazing defense. I, I think that was overblown. It became the Steelers are this terrible defense. That was overblown. And just the way their their seasons ended, team-wise, not player-wise, is why Aaron Donald won it. And I don't think people were looking hard enough. Hmm. And again, that's for this year. I'm not yeah. saying TJ Watt is better than Aaron Donald. That sure. is not true. I'm sure. just saying this year. Yeah. Uh, another one, It's here's Offensive Rookie of the Year. And these are just fun to talk about. Yeah, 503 guy. Uh, Justin Herbert won it. Justin Herbert had a huge year, a massive year. I think he even broke uh, Baker Mayfield's record for most touchdowns by a rookie. So, personally, thank you for that. Because uh, <laughs> we don't like average quarterbacks holding holding records Damn. over here. Yeah, he's lucky if he's average. Herbert's great, though. I would, I would just say, I think... Joe Burrow still should have been in the conversation, and here's why. What are the Bengals last year before he got there? What were they when he was here, and what did they become again once he left? That's the thing for me. And that's the only thing I'll say. Herbert certainly deserving. Uh, I, and I don't think Burrow should have won, but I think he should have been like two. I, Oh, and I agree with you. I don't think Burrow had the... Because I get, I get it, right? If both Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow have a full, healthy season, I think we as fans, <clears throat> NFL fans, are blessed just to watch it, to have really two really outstanding candidates for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Happens to be that Joe Burrow goes out with an injury earlier or sooner than not um, and cuts his case of uh, work short. So, you know, yeah. leaves Justin Herbert with, with the award, and I don't mind that. But it would have been interesting to see a full year of um, Joe Burrow at quarterback because I think franchise-wise, you're correct. Justin was throwing lights out in in, uh, in L.A., but franchise-wise, as far as value, it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, because I, I, I think if Burrow had played the whole year, in my mind, I don't know what it would have been in other people's mind, it wouldn't have been close. If they had stayed on the same pace, Burrow and Herbert, and Burrow plays the whole year, Burrow would have been it by a lot, by a decent amount to me. And that's not that's not taken away from Herbert. That's just Herbert actually has a decent roster around him. Yes, his own, he has weapons. His man. his line isn't great. Herbert's line isn't great. We could argue Burrow's is much much worse. <laughs> Plus, I mean, Justin Herbert had. He has one of the better receivers in the league. His defense is better. All of that stuff. But that's not to take away from Herbert. He still did yeah. his thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that would be why I think he, uh, even though he got hurt, I think he should lose a little closer to Herbert this year. But that's sure. kind of off the point. Defensive Rookie of the Year, this is non-controversial. It's Chase Young. That dude changed that team. The Predator. I mean, he, yeah, I like that. <laughs> he was, it's the same thing Nick Bosa did when he's like that, that Jenga piece where you like, you put him in and everything fits and it, that deserved. Defense it's a good record. feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. You could argue he was the chase young for the Browns where you plop yep. him in and everything just starts to work. Comeback yep. player of the year. If this had been anybody else, it, this award would no longer mean what it means. It's Alex Smith. Guy was basically dead, and now he's the, starting. Starting, well, I, he didn't get to start, but he would have been a starting playoff quarterback. And there was one—I don't know if I can say this on on the pod—but one jerk off to not vote for Alex Smith, right? Seriously? Gave it, what, what, oh yeah, no, it wasn't unanimous. It was one. Uh, it was one voter who voted for Big Ben, and I'm like, okay. I get that Ben's had the seat. He started off at the beginning of the season with this great-looking Steelers squad, but Ben wasn't in the hospital. Ben wasn't about to lose his leg. 
Ben didn't have to go through X amount of months of rehab Alex just to learn how to walk. Alex you know? Smith was like truly almost dead. Like yeah. actually almost died. Yeah. Like saying I, goodbye to his children and wife type of like almost dead. That was not Big Ben. Big Ben was yeah. like, take a picture on an airplane, tell everybody it worked. That kind, yeah. of, that kind of thing. No, it, yeah. So they, I think that was the same kind of the same kind of deal with the Ken Griffey Jr.'s Hall of Fame in, induction, right? Like it wasn't a uh, unanimous vote. I think there was one so voter who didn't go with him. So that's just kind of frustrating. But yeah, yeah. no, I'm just splitting hairs here. Yeah. And then Walter Payton Man of the Year was Russell Wilson. So everybody up in uh, Seattle will love that. So good job by Russ. And then speaking of Russell Wilson, let's move on and talk about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. He's not happy or his people aren't happy or – and now the Seahawks aren't happy. No one's, no one's very happy up there. <laughs> it rains too much up there. It rains too much. That's, that's the true problem. Uh, once the summer hits, everyone will be fine. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, his team, quote unquote team, uh, comes out and it's like we don't like how they've handled or treated or protected Russell Wilson. Then Russell Wilson doesn't deny it. Also doesn't necessarily say, yeah, I don't like it plays either. Coy. Yeah, yeah, he plays coy. Then the Seahawks are like, well, <laughs> we don't like exactly that he's calling us out. <laughs> How about yeah. that? And now it's not <laughs> sure if he's getting traded, although we are sure he's not getting traded. Um, I don't know. My thing is, like, Russell Wilson started – they started talking about, like, well, it's – you know, he needs to be able to to, to, do, to demand these things because it's his legacy. How about this? Don't be such a selfish bastard because your legacy <laughs> is not the only one on that team. Yeah. Just because you play quarterback doesn't mean it's like, oh, it's my legacy. No. Yeah. You've got teammates. It's also <clears throat> the. It's also what Dwayne Brown's legacy. It's yeah. all these people's legacies. You're just one of the legacies that are out there. And that's why I don't hey, like. Don't lose sight of the fact that you're not the only guy out there. I I a hundred percent am aligned with your thinking at Walsh Disney, and that's why I love doing this podcast with you. I'd also add that again it may be okay to be conscious and aware and push for your legacy and fight for your legacy right but also the problem is is that you're fighting for 30 million dollars a year 30 plus million dollars a year and right now you can't i understand his frustration because the past two three years he's seen everybody literally everybody in that conference, in that division, make moves. The Rams, right? Uh, uh, San Francisco. Uh, who else is in there? Um, Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, just make moves, right? Adding yeah. pieces. John D. Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. And Russ is looking around saying, hey, we're getting thinner and thinner. Well, Russ, it's because of your contract, right? You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So yeah. either – are you going to suck it up and take a pay cut right at 32 years old where you're you're in the prime of your quarterbacking career? You have you're at the age 32 where you've got enough experience to understand what the hell is going on in this game. But there, it's a fine line where you don't have that 20, 27 year old body, you know, yeah. so um I don't know. You got to take a look at yourself and say, hey, I'm part of the problem. Why we can't go out and make these off-season acquisitions and s like that you know so hey there's got to be a little give where you want to take exactly and is i mean i i think his team has made some moves i mean they've kept yeah. people they they haven't done great in the interior but they brought in J- jamal adams they they've tried and so they're not I'm, ignoring him I'm they're fine. trying to, yeah yeah i'm fine if you're doing this but one give your team some time <laughs> you know they they're, they're retooling this and you know that you knew that like after you sign that big contract like you say you have to allow your team some years to figure out how to replace everything now that they don't have any cap space so yeah because here's the issue now (laughs) yeah understand that and then also if you if you're upset about it why don't you go talk to some people 
not Dan Patrick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. we don't need to do, we don't need to know about this. Yeah. Uh, just handle your business without us. <laughs> handle your business. I mean, great. Cause we get to talk about it, but also yeah. we don't need to talk about it if you don't yeah, want us exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and then today, J.J. Watt is out in Houston uh, after many years and a lot of success both both on and off the field. He asked for his release and the Texans. I think this is a cool move by the Texans. Yes, you can bury them, but they did allow him to be released when they probably could have gotten something for him, if not not a lot, but they could have gotten something and they, you know, they didn't require that. Um, there are some cap reasons for it, but hey, still a cool move. Um I mean, great Texans career. He's one of the best Texans of all time, if not the best Texan ever. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to take JJ Watt. When you th- when I think of Houston, I think of JJ Watt, not not Deshaun Watson. It, I mean, yeah, that's just who I think of. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of places to go, the Rams. That's kind of their mo. The Steelers would be great. I, I think those two are my front runners. Again, it kind of highlights, again, just the toxic situation there in Houston. You know, he could have spent his whole life career there as a Texan, but it is just getting so toxic with the release of DeAndre Hopkins, the Watson situation. Yeah. I mean, JJ's a, a, yeah, JJ's a shadow of what he used to be, but it's just like the, that that whole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It just can't just be him anymore. Like he's yeah, he's exactly. in his older career, and they've got a while until they're going to be good. Like regardless of the Watson thing, that's secondary. They're just they, their roster is not good, and they have to rebuild it. And he's not in for that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Let's go talk some a little bit of baseball. Trevor Bauer, one of the better pitchers in the MLB. He went to the Dodgers. So now they're really freaking good again. Uh, that'll be fun to watch. And then. On a personal note, being a former catcher, Yachty is back. Yadier Molina is back for his 18th season. One of the best catchers of all time. Always really fun to watch, especially if you're like a defensive guy and enjoy watching a defensive catcher. This guy is that. So fun. And then the last thing we want to talk about, how about some hoodies on the golf course? Hoodie season. Hoodie season at Pebble Beach. Uh, I was going to send you, I don't know if you saw, I was going to send you something that uh, one of the, before, during the practice rounds of the tournament currently going on at Pebble Beach, one of the reporters was walking around and said he saw upwards of 20 people wearing hoodies during the practice rounds, just on the front nine. Just on the front nine. And he was saying it was young people, older people, like everybody. And so he was basically like, these people who don't like the hoodies, they're going to be pissed. It's coming. It's coming. It's done. It's It's here. Yeah. It's it's not if, it's now when. Yeah. Like, it's here. Yeah. And we're both hoodie guys. Hoodie. You're wearing your hood right now. I am. I am wearing a hood (laughs) right now, and I am inside. Uh, Okay. So that is the news. Had a lot to catch up on, especially in the NFL. This is kind of a this last week was a big news week for the NFL. But let's move on and let's get to some fun stuff with recess. If we played them ten times, they might win nine, but not this game. This is your time. Oh boy, is this great! Welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. For recess this week, what we are going to do is play a an, a game we like to call Melter or Avalancher. For those of you who don't know, we do have some snow in the Pacific Northwest, the 503 Hello. up here. Um, there's snow. It's not as much as we said. They said we might get, <laughs> although some places have been hit harder than others. But we decided let's take that snow theme and do Melter or Avalancher. So we have seven storylines that we're going to go over. And Smooth and myself are going to give whether that storyline is a Melter or an Avalancher. And basically what that means is if it's a Melter, it's going to fizzle out. It, it It's a story now, but it, it won't be for long. It's kind of running its course already. If it's an avalancher, that will keep rolling, keep 
building, and we're going to talk about this for a while, going downhill. Don. Don. Okay, so the first storyline is something we just talked about a whole bunch. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks drama. Is that a melter or an avalancher? Me or you first? You go first. Uh, I I hate to do this to you, Outwash Disney, but I'm going to steal a content flake that you gave me just before the show. We were just talking about this uh, Russell Wilson um, Seahawks drama be- prior to the show, you and me. Um, and this is this is quite simply a melter. This is the product of the football, the NFL season being where it's at. The Super Bowl is done. Right, it's off season. It's it's the off season. It's the one piece of nugget, along with another storyline that we'll talk about later, um, that people are really grasping on. And when you have a star of this magnitude, Russell Wilson, who has only spent his career in one landing place, it's going to it's going to be a story. It's going to be a blip, and people are going to pick it up. Russ has some things to fight for, and he's correct in some situations. The Seattle Seahawks organization is correct in some situations. Um, I see both sides, but they have always been able. They have such respect for each other. I believe this is going to get figured out. This is this is something called leverage. This is something you do when you are the best at your craft or one of the best at your craft, Russell Wilson, i.e. Russell Wilson, and you have also on one side, and you also have a winning organization on the other side, the Seattle Seahawks, and you both have certain stakes of leverage, and you're going to battle, and it sucks that one of the um, outlets or tools that you can use to gain leverage um, is the media and to yeah. not throw the bus throw the, your um, the opposition under the bus but hey you know bring it to the media and frame your message so that the US public um, sides with you so I think this is going to get taken um, taken into consideration and it's going to be figured out behind the scenes i think this is a melter i can't wait to hear what happens but i think it's going to fizzle out in the next week or so yeah i this is a melter to me as well i feel like russell wilson's done this before where it's like put something out there and then it's maybe it's going to be something and it never is both sides are just no. like it they let it die and i think he's not gonna let well i mean once they, once they're like we're not trading him <laughs> that's it's gonna be over my favorite thing is just that i love it when you get in like you get intense and start like really giving us what you believe because you get obama thumbs <laughs> you can oh do i nice. you get the, like the, yeah the, the <laughs> finger out a little bit with the thumb over the top like the grasp <laughs> yeah it's just a classic obama thumb it made me laugh yeah, i love it I love, I love it. it. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely a Melter story. Let's get to our second storyline, J.J. Watt's landing spot and his contributions. Okay, mm. I'll go. I'll take this one. We'll just go back and forth. I think this one is actually an avalancher. Um, mm. maybe, maybe not one of the biggest avalanches you've ever seen. Maybe more of a snowball gaining speed, rolling down the hill, picking up more snow. But it's not a full-on avalanche. Um but I don't think this goes away because wherever he goes, so once he, so now it's where is he going to go? Then he'll go somewhere, and then it's how is he going to contribute to them? And then that'll be that. And then during the season, it'll be how is he doing on this new team? So this is going to keep rolling, I think. I like it. Um, JJ Watt in any other sort of uniform is going to create some um, conversation. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm in between a melter or avalanche. I think um, it's a melter in a sense of that it's a, not a huge loss for the organization of the Texans, but also J.J. Watt moving to another um, team is something to talk about. And it's not only your skill set that you're uh, that you bring to the field, but it's also your locker room. Like people underestimate the locker room um, cohesiveness, cohesiveness, and what guys' attitudes. Um, mean in that locker room and he is a 10 out of 10 gold attitude he's the guy you want in the locker room and that that uh that personality is going to be infectious and he's the guy you want leading your your young stars so yeah that's why that's where i land all right our next storyline is the nba all-star game drama so they're having an all-star game, but a lot of players don't want to have an all-star game, yet they're going to have it anyway. And so now LeBron's like, oh, I'll go, but I won't really like go. 
know? Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. storyline, just that drama in general. Storyline wise, Melter or Avalancher? You go first. Melter, because we we've recently got the news that this is a new story. Any new story is going to be a Melter, you know, degree one, two, or three. This might be a degree three Melter, but it's not an Avalancher. We're talking about this because the news just came out. The All Star Game is a is an is a historic event that will continue to um, be played. In the M- or take um, will be played in the M- uh, will be played in the NBA. Um, if we if we figured out how to successfully uh, play NBA games, there's no reason why we can't have an All Star game or an All Star weekend. It's just how it's going to look. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be as quite as glitzy and glamorous without you know celebrities down there on courtside. And I'm sorry, cry me a river, but I don't care. You know, as long yeah. as I'm seeing I'm as long as I'm seeing the best of the best of the NBA on the floor, I'm fine. It doesn't matter to me that the celebrities aren't going to be there or whatnot, you know? Yeah. So for me, this is the one where I'm in the middle where it's like, I can't really say it's an avalanche, but I don't think it's a melter either because I, we're not done talking about it. I think once it gets there and in your kind of thing, it was like, cry me a river. I don't really care. Yeah. I think that's how we feel. But if we know one thing about NBA players, it's that they don't stop talking when they don't get their way. They yeah. don't if they don't get what they want, they're gonna bring it up and they're going to talk about it a lot. And that's why I don't think it's a melter, but it's not a, like no one's really gonna care. <laughs> they're just they're gonna the NBA players are gonna keep talking about it, keep it relevant because they are not really getting their way, yet no one gives a shit. No. <laughs> that's why I'm like right in the middle. Yeah. Our next storyline is Deshaun Watson in the Texans drama. I'll take this one, and I think it's a melter. Uh, I just think, yeah, I figured this one we were going to disagree with. I don't think that he's getting traded. You, oh. you don't tra- you don't trade a Deshaun Watson. You don't go oh. get rid of your best player, and and it's hard to find these guys. He's a top five quarterback in the league. You, that's not coming around anytime soon again for you. You want to go back to having Matt Schaub as your corner I don't, quarterback? I don't think you do. So I don't yeah. think he's getting traded. And once he's not traded, he starts playing again. I don't think he holds out either. It's too expensive. Mm. It's like 50000 a day. Can't afford, <laughs> no one can afford that. I can't believe someone makes that. Back up a couple of steps. I can't believe... Someone makes that a day, just in general. I can't believe that's an option. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> for a job. It's there. a lot of money. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm going to go exactly the opposite of what you said, just as you predicted. I'm going to say this is the dynamite stick lodged deeply into the side of Mount Everest. This is an avalanche. Uh, Deshaun Watson is not happy. It's a toxic relationship there in Houston. Um, where I can see your point that time heals most wounds, Deshaun Watson is 25 years old. And if he sits out a year, right, he's going to be 26. And he will have lost whatever that amounts to be, you know, $50,000 a day or whatnot. Um, but it's the principle. He feels disrespected. And in a league where stars do not have a lot of power. You know, the NFL is about the shield. It's about the team. It's about the organization. It's not the NBA. Deshaun Watson is going to change, is going to fundamentally somehow change the landscape. I believe of the NFL going forward with this situation. I just think he's so sick. There's no, there's no pieces there in, in um, Houston. And I don't even think it's about the pieces. It's about the organizational, incompetence there in texas and i'm just excited for him to be someplace else and not and for us as the american public to get to witness this great talent in in the beginning of his prime to to watch this guy on another stage with other weapons because he's a dead man walking in houston okay you want to i mean you probably feel the way I felt about Stafford. 
about Deshaun yes. Watson. Just get him out because he deserves yep. it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Our next storyline is the MLB and the MLB players' season-length contracts battle. So it's basically the same thing we had uh, kind of last year, but this year it's that the MLB wants to push the season back and shorten it a little bit so that everyone can get vaccinated. And the players don't want to do that because they want all the games, which means all their money. That battle, um, I believe you, you can go first. Yeah, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take an avalanche, and not that I'm I'm too well versed. I'm gonna be quite honest in this storyline. Um, anytime you play with someone's money or salary or anything like that, that is a big deal, and yeah. and you're not messing with one person. You're messing with the league's salary. So get ready, buckle up. This is going to be a multi-week storyline. And I got my popcorn because I'm salivating. I'm ready for this. Yeah, it's an avalanche, uh, mostly because it's already an avalanche. <clears throat> We've been talking about this since last season, <clears throat> since like before the first COVID season. We're still talking about it. And you say when you start messing with people's money, it becomes a big deal. That's especially true for MLB players who seem to only care about their money uh, and not baseball all that much. So this isn't going away. It's going to piss me off. I know it. Just how about this? Smooth, you be ready. Listeners, you be ready. And I'll be ready for me to do some yelling <laughs> and complaining about MLB players. And we'll, we'll all be super, super happy about it when it actually happens. Um, and when I do start yelling, just try and see it as as a joke. And that way you'll laugh and I'll try not to cry. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to our sixth storyline. Two more Carson Wentz trade drama. Here we go. Uh, I'll take it as... I'll take that as an avalanche. Yeah, I'm go, I'll am i go avalanche. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe that... There are two two real options here. He either does get traded, and then that'll be a huge deal, or he doesn't get traded, and how he plays next year will still be a huge deal. So either way, <laughs> this is going to go from his trade value to whether he gets traded or not to how he plays next year. So this isn't going away. This, I concur, my good man at Watch Disney, this is an avalanche 100% of the time. You have to trade Carson Wentz now. Even though Doug Peterson is gone and that relationship, that toxic relationship is uh, broken, you have other issues with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, after all reports, is is a guy in the locker room who kind of keeps to himself and has his own niche of guys who he, he keep, who he connects with. And he's not a a guy to bring the whole locker room together. He has a select few guys that he talks with and shares his insights with. And that is a very, that's a polarizing uh, figure in my opinion. Um, So you cannot keep Carson Wentz. I see the same storyline moving on next year, even with a new uh, head coach, Carson Wentz underperforming, blah, 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 trade talks, blah, 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 speed it up. And if you don't, if you don't trade Carson once, you're now another year behind the curve. Bite the bullet. Even if Jalen Hurts isn't your man, I don't know not. why you drafted him. He's not, right? He's not a franchise quarterback. You did it, and you're stuck with him. So that's your answer now. You have to bite the bullet. You play You play Jalen Hurts. You get whatever market value you can for Carson Wentz, and you put a Band-Aid on this, on this boo-boo. You know, you, you move forward. You F yourself. But now this is the only way to get out of it. <clears throat> I think Wentz is going to come back. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I like that because that's, that's a storyline you and I will have yeah. uh, over these next couple months. I like this. I think he's going to be booting people's words back into their mouths. No. Yeah. No. I like this. I like this yeah. a lot. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay, our last one. This is real quick. We've already kind of talked about it, but golf hoodies. I think it's a. I think so. You're first. No, I'm. I'm gonna say it's not a. It's not an avalanche by any means. It's, it's a, a melter. melter. I mean, but I'm a thumbs up. I'm all for yeah. the melting. <laughs> do it, yeah, it's a melter because people are just gonna do what they want, and yeah. like people are gonna get over it. Who's getting hurt by these extra pieces of cloth <laughs> that keep us warm? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, uh, the umbrella companies. Yeah, exactly, exactly, dude. If anything, it's going to be able to let you play the sport that you love and that we're watching longer. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. You know, God forbid people go and play golf. That's golf. That seems to be golf's look at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's recess. Um, that's a new one. It was a fun one, and looks like we got some storylines that we disagree with. So this is going to be fun to watch. That kind of sets us up. Yes. For uh, for going forward. But now, let's real quick just give some final closing thoughts on the NFL season and the Super Bowl, and then get out of here. Let's I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the backseat to you, man. I'm gonna take the backseat to you. I will start just season overall, just like congratulations on getting it done. That was a, it had to have been a logistical nightmare, but to get it done. So uh, I think everybody who just, like, I feel like the NFL actually got stronger this year. I, I had more people that I never thought would be big in, into football get in, more into football just because they seem to handle it better and kind of took the stand that, no other sports league would, and that was like, no, we're doing this. Yeah. Where in every other sport was kind of like, well, we'll, we're, we'll try. They were like, no, no, we're here for you. And everybody, I think, appreciated that and kind of gravitated toward it, and it was something that people wanted to see, and they did, and they got it done. So um, overall, that's great. Now I want to talk about the Super Bowl because I got a lot of takes on this. I will start on the winner's side, the Bucks. Congratulations to them. Uh, also... Brady, I think he should have won Coach of the Year and MVP and, and Super Bowl MVP. Like he should have won everything he possibly could have. Yeah. Because Bruce Arian said it himself. He didn't do anything, and I don't think I think that's true. I don't think yeah. he was being like self-deprecating or you know trying to pass or, or very humble. I think it's true. I don't think he did anything. I think it was all Brady. You saw him screaming. You saw how much he yelled at the beginning of the season, and by the end of the season, he didn't have to. Why? Because he changed it. Uh, I think his leadership absolutely made that team what it was. They were talent without any direction, and he came in and gave them the compass. Um, he played really well just in this game, the three touchdowns in the first half. And then he is the best player ever at working with the clock, where it's it, – it, the clock the clock keeps moving and you're almost like watching the game and I think a lot of people watch this game this way it's like this is kind of boring but it's it's working and that's what he does really well where it's it's, all, it's not flashy it's all smart and then there are some really good throws like next level throws put in there but it's usually on third down because they've just run it twice and ran like a minute and a half off the clock it's he's he's so and that, that's why people, I think, had a hard time being like, this is the greatest of all time. Because he's not wowing you. He's just slowly putting the pillow over your face until, <laughs> you, until you no longer squirm. And he gets up every time at the end of the fight. So, uh. I think this team, I think you hit the, the nail on the head when you said, uh, you know, the or or alluded to the buy-in from Bruce Arians. I think there was a struggle at the beginning of the year between the head coach and uh, Tom Brady. Um, and once I think Bruce Arians took a step down from the pedestal, right, and gave up a little bit of his coaching reins to Tom, who is very much like a coach, who is a second coach, who was... And once Bruce was comfortable with that, the team flowed like a vintage Patriots team. Yeah. Um, Brady knows what he's doing. Brady knows what he's doing with all his clock management skills. He understands it doesn't have to be a 40-yard um, go route to excite the crowd to win a Super Bowl. He understands it can be 3-5-5 five, five for the first down and then repeat that three or four times and then you're in the red zone and you score. Yeah. You know, like he understands football. And when you have a genius who understands the game, when you have basically two head coaches, two of anything's better than one. When you have two head coaches yeah. facing one, you know, you're going to win. So... Tom Brady, just a – I think this 
I never was a Tom Brady hater. I never liked him. But after this Super Bowl, I've begun to appreciate him. You yeah. know, I'm still I'm still waiting for that change of heart with me with LeBron. I'm not a I don't not like LeBron, but I'm waiting for me to like go like, oh, that's why he's the goat. You know, yeah. like and of course LeBron wins all the time, so I'm not saying he's not the best, but like after this Super Bowl, you're like, damn, like that's why Tom's the man. <laughs> you know? For sure. So, for sure. That's what I, that's what I would say. Speaking of the man, I gotta say, uh, I think this Rob Gronkowski is the best tight end of all time, and I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close anymore. That's the dude, yeah. I think he's just, like, he's kind of the Tom of tight ends, where he's just like, yeah, I'm more successful than all of you, and I am also really freaking good. And He knows his craft, his, his yeah. route. He knows what he does the best. And, and it's everything. He blocks better than all the other tight ends. And then when they're like, oh, well, he's not a very good receiver anymore, he joins Jerry Rice as the only other player in Super Bowl history to have more than one, multiple Super Bowls of multi-touchdown games. He's the only other guy to do it. It's just him and Jerry Rice. So if you want to talk about receiving tight ends, I don't know how Gronk and Jerry Rice are the only two people, how he can't be a receiving tight end. I just, I don't know. He's the most well-rounded tight end of all time. He's the best one. Yeah. He's not the most athletic. He's he's probably not even the most talented. But he's the best one. Stop t- stop giving me Travis Kelsey bullshit. <laughs> that guy's not even close. Yeah. It's Gronk and it's easy. Okay. <laughs> and then defensively, I just like, their plan was so good. Their defensive plan was incredible. Uh, Todd Bowles was in there, and then just the execution. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, they didn't have their tackles, and they don't have their guard, the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. Um, But for Todd Bowles to come in and say, not only do they not have these guys, but we're going to force them to communicate because they haven't done it. They're all switching positions. So you run a lot of games. You run a lot of stunts with the defensive line because they rushed four a lot. You just, you're moving these guys all over the place. Vita Vea, who's like 360 pounds, is playing defensive end at some point. You move that so that everybody on the offensive line has to communicate a lot more than they usually would. Because if you had just lined up and played without a lot of movement, that's a lot easier for an offensive line. Now you're compounding their issues and you're forcing that. So I thought that was a really good idea. Uh, and then just... they, Patrick Mahomes said that he had them confused. They ran, not to get too in the weeds, but they ran heavy nickel and moved their safeties a lot. So all that was good. I thought it was genius. Um, and not boring, if, if you're someone like me. Uh, that's, my favorite, that's my favorite package, the nickel. I'm a nickel man. A nickel man. Yeah. Um, and then Chiefs side, I, I just loved Mahomes. His post game conference, I thought was beautiful. I, they had somebody ask him about his toe, and he said, "I can't say that was a problem this week when I played well on it two weeks ago." Yeah. And that kind of accountability and no excuses attitude is why the Chiefs are where they are. Mm. Like his leadership is incredible. I think he's the next Tom Brady, and that's the reason. It's not the fact that he has the best arm, that he is the most talented quarterback in the league. It's that. It's that he's got that Brady leadership to him where he's like, I'm not using that because I did this already. So exactly. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then I'd like to get people off of Andy Reid a little bit. People were upset about him taking the timeout at, at before halftime, which gave the Bucks an extra possession. There's this thing in football called the middle eight. It's the last four minutes of the first half in the first four minutes of the second half. And that is really big to, like, the best coaches in the league, like the Bill Belichicks. They preach that all the time. If you win that, you, you increase your chances of winning. So Andy Reid was trying to win the middle eight because he was down. That could have gotten him back. And if you win that, it increases your chances a lot to win. So that's why he called the timeout. He's trying to win the middle eight. He was aggressive about it and it backfired, but I'm never going to hold that against him. And that's something I didn't understand either. So I appreciate you clar- clarifying that for uh, us as well. <laughs> uh, I'm just, just here to, here to, to load the game and teach it. 
I love it because I'm a member of the senseless as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like instant feedback from them. Uh, and then let's get off the officials. Like, yeah, they called it aggressively, but the Chiefs were being straight up dumb, like dummies. Yeah. And yeah. the one in the end zone with Mike Evans, the reason that they call that and the, the closer you get to the end zone when you're in the short red zone like they were, they the less uncatchable becomes a thing for pass interference because everything's tighter. So there's less movement, there's less space for an uncatchable ball. So that becomes less of a thing. And if you're Tyron Matthew, who I love, that's just dumb. You don't just chest up Mike Evans on the goal line and think this will be fine. Like they were way too aggressive and never adjusted, so that was stupid. Like, I don't think that was a, the officials being overly. They might have been a tad aggressive, but the Chiefs were way aggressive. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the play calling. Yeah, me neither. But that that those are my takes. Um, I've got more, but those are it's kind of in the weed stuff, and we'll save that for another time. We'll say. Okay, so that is episode 146. That's our Super Bowl reactions. Yes, the NFL is over and everybody's sad about it. But that just leads us into draft season. It's nice for us. We don't have an NFL offseason. Now we got drinking in the draft. The first episode of drinking in the draft comes out on Tuesday. So now you'll have Tuesdays drinking in the draft. And then you'll have us on on the weekend for bold nonsense. It's going to be beautiful. Drinking in the draft, we're going to start out going from last year. We're going to hold ourselves accountable. Where do we get it right? Where do we get it wrong? Then we're going to move through the whole uh, team needs, the draft order, and then we're going to get into players. So if you just love the NFL, if you love a certain team, this is going to be your pod for how your team improves in the offseason. Just listen. It'll be a lot of fun. promise. Other than that, find us on Twitter at bold underscore nonsense, Instagram at bold.nonsense, email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Uh, other than that, we are your weekend listen. Look for drinking in the draft on Tuesdays. Um, let's say bye to the people. Let's get out of here. I am at Still Smooth, and believe me, every time I take a little hiatus from this place, it's there's something that just does not feel right in the week and this is what makes the week feel right make sure you tune in every week to the bull nonsense podcast drinking in the draft we are here for you guys we love interacting with you guys much love i'm at walsh disney if you love it love us this is the bnpn this is the bull nonsense podcast this is your invitation to if you got drama, keep that at the media. Just go talk to us. Say it with your chest. You know what I'm saying? Say it to the face. If you got drama, deal with it. Don't use us because we will rip you on this podcast. I promise. We will find out and we will let you know. And this is your invitation to have a good snow day. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. And yes, I gave you two invitations. Three if you count the last one. All right, we're out of here. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.